It's April 6, 2012. On this edition of the Mego Museum podcast, Brian and Scott are joined by Steve from the Custom Mego department to discuss the latest news from Heroes and Action Toys, Mego Spock's appearance on the Big Bang Theory show on CBS, the Logan's Run TV series comes to DVD, and we talk about the customizer of the month. All of this, plus the joys of podcasting during the bedtime hour, on the Mego Museum podcast, starting right now. It's the Mego Museum podcast. Scott and Brian each sold separately. Greetings, Mego fans, and welcome to the Mego Museum podcast. I am Brian. And I'm Tiny Spock. Guesting today is... Steve. Steve. Tiny Steve. Tiny Steve. And we, uh, as you could guess by Scott's reference, we are going to talk about the Big Bang Theory. Uh, but first, I just wanted to uh, share a little bit of news uh, and, and discuss my weekend with you guys, because I haven't told you about this. But uh, this weekend, I spent uh, some time with Mark Huckabone. Ooh. Uh, yes. Oh, we, we, went, we went to He's... the Poconos. Um, you no, we... know Mark Huckabone? I do. And he showed up in Toronto. And the way I knew he was coming was a giant box arrived at my house, which was full of his wares and he set up at something called the 80s toy expo uh which i helped him with this is a pretty nice toy show where if you're a Mego fan you're gonna feel really really old mm. it's, it's mostly he-man and transformers and that crap if you had a part-time job you put on shelves um a wonderful show though and one of the reasons i'm bringing this up is that he revealed his uh, plans for the presidential monsters and a new figure we had not talked about, and it's a lark. Uh, he showed me his original drawings and designs for, get this, Romney the Robot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's exactly what you would think it is. It is a 50s-style robot that looks somewhat vaguely familiar uh, with the head of... Um, Mitt Romney. Mitt, Mitt Romney under the bubble. Um it was hysterical, nice. and I cannot wait to see it. And uh, one of the other things that just was interesting to see, because I haven't actually set up with Mark since the, the Monsters launched, was the crowd reaction. Now, you mentioned this, Scott, that in San Diego, you saw people getting into it and enjoying it. And I, I got to actually experience that because I was helping him set up the booth. People were really struck by that and would come and discuss it and pick up the figures and have a laugh. And it was, it was really neat to see how well he's captured some, something in the public. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. People definitely. Um, it's just neat to see people from sort of all walks of life because I mean everybody's got an opinion, uh, you know, about politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, know, you don't have to be a Mego person to, to, to be attracted to those. That's no. interesting. That's brilliant, though, to do it to do a Mitt Romney, though. I mean, I thought it was you know that it, it's kind of it's kind of ironic. Every time I see or hear uh, Romney on on the news, one of the things that that I automatically think about is the the Ronald Reagan mummy figure, Ron Romney, right? right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it sounds similar. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's cool that he's going to do that. He should do he should do a go he should do it in a two pack and go try to make like a like a Spock knockoff of Obama. 
Oh, like a Mr. Rock type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The whole like Obama is like Spock, and then of course there was that awesome picture with with uh, Nichelle Nichols that was going around on the internet. So that, that made was, me think that, of that too. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of Star Trek, uh, last week was kind of epic for Mego fans as we got probably the best exposure that we'll have in the next ten years. As uh, what is that? One of the most top rated sitcoms on TV did a. Uh, Amigo Spock centric episode. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know how you guys, if you guys are fans of the Big Bang Theory. Um, no, not really. No, I'm I'm not either. <laughs> you guys suck. Yeah, you're you're a fan, Steve. Yes, I am a fan. Okay. I totally understand why people are a fan. It's just not my cup of tea. No, for, um, for me, it's a little too broad. But yeah, well, it's fair. It's 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 funny. It's such an old school sitcom. You know, with like a you know a laugh track and the the sort of whole like the the pattern of the jokes and everything. I'm kind of, it's not not necessarily what I'm into, and yeah. uh, but but I totally understand why people are. I mean, it you know it is it, it's a funny show and it's it's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I totally. can see that. Uh, it, it has Penny and that other girl and that other girl. What's not to like? That other girl is so yeah, she's great. And plus, I, Darlene's boyfriend has grown up so well from Roseanne. I, I, I like to think of him as uh, Chevy Ch- or Clark Griswold's son. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. And he's not aging. Have you noticed that? He he pretty much looks the same as he did on Roseanne. I'm wondering what's up with that. Yeah, it's kind of that's a little bit creepy. But on on the other hand, the Sheldon guy seems like he's getting it, older. Yeah. He's like too old to be wearing tight fitting Green Arrow t shirts. That's something I, I haven't watched the show probably since it started, and I, wow, that guy's gotten older. Yeah, you know, it's like, weird. Yeah, weird. but, but in uh, any case, Brent we're not here to, we're not here to bash the show because, like you said, it 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 turned out to be uh, for, for Amigo fan a completely like nerdtastic experience. Um, yeah, it was pretty, from start it, it, to finish. Because I was when I first heard about it, I was like, oh yeah, you know this what you know there's going to be a a figure on his desk or something like that, but it was like they they pronounced Migo correctly, c- correctly, yeah. and 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 it and it I really um, you know they posed the figure in different ways. He had this whole like, conversation with it, and the of course the figure was was voiced by Leonard Nimoy, which was fantastic, um, and uh, and and they they posed it in 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 all kinds of different, you know, Mego type ways that you do with, with a Mego figure. And it, it really made me laugh actually. Mm-hmm. What a terrible did analysis. They ever, did they ever solve the mystery as to whether or not it was an NC? No, we're Andrew breaking Murray. up. We're breaking up. But I think what Steve's asking is if we saw, if it was an MC reproduction or an authentic Mego. And, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's really all that, uh, all that uh, a big a mystery, but well, we never. Um, we I, it's interesting. We never really actually got an answer from any anybody that might be in the know. But my feeling was is that it was a uh, an authentic Migo, just because of the, the the tan coloring and and the way the that that, that looked look, that looked like Migo Spock to me. To um, me, it did as well. There uh, was some some debate as to whether or not the the. The badge was was an M- MC or or Migo, but I just think it's kind of too hard to tell. But that head to me looked exactly like like a vintage Migo. There's no question about it. I agree, but yeah. you know, and the I'm, fit the, the fit of the shirt. I think it was it was an authentic Migo. Yeah, but, you might um, right. The uh, the the Palatoy transporter was the 
was the the other toy in the episode, which was that that was a really interesting uh, choice. I can see why they chose that, though. Well, it's a little bit more TV friendly than trying to do something with the actual Enterprise playset, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just a nice, easy to hold in your hands and, and photographs well, and you kind of see, can see what it is. And to um, be perfectly honest with you, ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine percent of the TV public has no idea that was a UK exclusive, and no idea how rare it is to find. So it's completely plausible that Penny found two of them at a comic store. <laughs> in perfect packaging, too. In, per, in pristine packaging. Pristine yeah. packaging. Way nicer than mine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is like I figured that it's like – so they, they went out and they, they reproduced that because cl- the box was clearly a you know something made by the prop department. Mm-hmm. Um, but I they, want one. They, yeah, no, it looked great. But they – I mean it's kind of interesting that they managed to reproduce that without getting in touch with anybody in the Mego community. So there must have been – you know, somebody on associated with the show that actually was able to get their hands on one without having to go through, you know, us. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, the transporter uh, does not break quite as easily as it did in the Big Bang Theory show. Um, Sheldon, uh, I, I thought it was kind of a neat moment actually when he when he breaks the transporter because he goes to spin it and it yeah. gets stuck. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what happens is like the figure's little his, – his leg will, will usually uh, poke, out. poke out and get caught yeah. up in the mechanism. And I was like, Sheldon, you don't have to take it apart. You just you – know, it's, it's really easy to fix. But then uh, the whole thing comes apart in his hands with this like enormous comic spring, which they added for, for comic effect. Perfect. Doi, oi, oi, oi. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. The, by the way, I just want to – I want to back up. Did you actually yell at the TV? Sheldon, that's not – or is, was that just <laughs> – no, I had yeah, when, I when, it, when it was happening. I had that reaction. I was like, okay. it was like it, that instinct, instinctual. Oh, it's really easy to fix. Don't worry about it. But, uh, Sorry, you know. I, and I, and I, I posted about this on the boards. So I was a little disappointed that that the the joke about um, I come from a factory in Taiwan. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you're, I mean, you're... a, it's inaccurate. B, it says Hong Kong on the back of the friggin' action figure. So how hard is that? And see, Hong Kong is intrinsically funnier than Taiwan. Right? It's got the K I, sound. Oh, right. Of course. Please. Yeah. I hope you logged on a board somewhere and shared that. <sighs> no, I, I, I saved it up for the podcast to embarrass myself in the most publicly possible. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, that's not the... I, I've discovered through uh, reading, that's not the first time Migo Spock has appeared on the Big Bang Theory. Uh, he appeared in another episode. I think it's a Lord of the Rings parody. Uh, but they found a, a Migo Spock or a, a Migo Spock body with a Mr. T head. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that one? No. No. Apparently, yeah, somebody on the boards actually sold the Mr. Spock to the people at uh, Big Bang Theory. Okay. So well, it's cool. uh, all, all right, in all, so, it was. So we've been involved. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. we should send we should send Sheldon one of those Mega Museum T-shirts. Maybe he'll show up on That's TV. That's a good plan. Do That's you have one of those? Uh, I do. Yeah, I have. I, I I bought a large in hopes that one day I might fit into it. <laughs> Keep uh, eating. You have an extra small though. That's probably the thing. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, no, it was cool. So, what did you think of of the 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 Leonard Nimoy voicing? the the doll 
Was that well, that a little extra geek point for you, or was it a little awkward? I thought it was a little odd just because Leonard Nimoy doesn't sound like, like Leonard Nimoy. Leonard, like Spock to me anymore. He sounds like old Leonard Nimoy. Well, you know, like, he sounds like William Bell from Fringe more than anything else. I, you know, I was about to say that, um, but I was I was going to say he sounded more Spock like than he did in the J.J. Abrams film because I could I could hear his dentures in, in Star Trek the, oh, the movie and it drove me mad because it's like they have dentures in the, and it, anyways um, I thought it was actually kind of fun and I was just more or less uh, captivated by the whole posing of the doll like you said and. Yeah. The fact that this was some sort of bizarre fever dream kind of was fun for me. You know, I think it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's weird that Nimoy retired, yet he keeps coming back and doing these. You know, he did that weird cartoon episode of Fringe, right? And then he, he's doing this. Like it's 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 almost like he doesn't want to retire. Well, he did that 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 music video that was so awesome last year. Oh God, yeah, that was hilarious. Um. Yeah, it was interesting. The 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 uh, like they they ran the laugh track every time the 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 the, bo- the doll's body pose changed. Mm, yeah, and, um, which which you know I, you were saying something and I hadn't really. I'm so into this like faux documentary style or Arrested Development style show that I for, laugh track feels weird to me now. Yeah. I literally watch like maybe four hours of sitcoms a week, including you know the animated stuff. I don't hear laugh track anymore. Right, it's really it's, it's really kind of off putting. Yeah, that's one of the things I don't like about that show. Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, there you go, Migo on TV. Big news, and actually, if you've noticed on eBay, there's been a little spike in Spocks. Spike in Spocks. A spike in Spocks. Um, they're, they're, some of them have gone for some odd numbers. That's all I'll say. If you, <laughs> we, we've been talking about it on the Museum Migo Buzz board. And just, you know, uh, they, somebody had an AFA'd Spock, but it only had like a six. And, I mean, it's easy to find a Spock in better condition. Uh-huh. And it went for $300. Ooh. It's like, wow, that was an impulse buy. And that is clearly an uneducated buyer. You know, because Spock, Kirk, and Klingon are the most abundant Migos out there. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's it's well, you know. But I tell you what, it really it's a great figure for for sure, and uh, yeah. it really was kind of inspiring to see it on TV. And, I'm very uh, happy. You know, that's it's that 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 beautiful blue sheen of a minty Migo Spock was, uh, you know, made me want to get mine out and play with it. Um, ooh, did I say that? Um, uh, oh, and by the way, kudos to the show. Though I thought for the w- one of the best lines actually was um, when they were they were going off on the their whole nerd thing about like don't take it out of the box. It's it's you know it's you're not supposed to take it out of the box. It'll destroy the value of the toy. And the girl said, "Well, that's what my mother told me about my, about my virginity." Yeah, that was that was actually the funniest line in the. It was a good line, and I actually like the underlying message of a toy is to be enjoyed. Yes. Oh and, yeah, for sure. You know, and I, I mean, I first of all the the pallet toy transporter. If you, I don't, I don't think you guys own one or do you? I, I'm not sure, but no, I don't. But I have like five disembodied. Uh, oh, uh, so you got the same thing. Transporters yeah. down. And I've got a couple that I take apart for customs. Yeah, and Steve's being eaten by a Gorn at this. At v- Viger is attacking Steve. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that. Well, if, you could, if you could type in your responses, that might that might yeah. help. 
Um, the, the, the packaging on that thing is super collector friendly and it is such a fun toy. Yeah. I, I, I break mine out every six months and just goof around with it sometimes with the kids. That's awesome. So it's, it's such a simple and, and awesome toy, but, um, yeah, uh, I wanted to also bring up a bit of news that is sci-fi related, not exactly Mego related, but it's a big deal to me. And that is, uh, this Tuesday on DVD, um, a, a long forgotten canceled in 1978 TV series finally comes to DVD and that is Logan's run. Um, and it's of course tied to Mego in that it is the mythical abandoned toy line that Mego was going to make and didn't when the series got canceled. Right. Uh, I'm, of course, a lifelong fan. I, I loved the show as a kid. Watching it now, I can't wait to watch it, actually. I've been watching bootlegs for 20 years. Really bad bootlegs, some of them from the original airings. Um, wow. I, I cannot wait to see this show in high def. And it is not uh, a landmark science fiction television series. It, it makes a lot of mistakes. It it does some kind of goofy stuff. The what happened was they had a they had a producer on the show and they had actually the original author of Logan's Run and then they brought in these producers who were known for the love boat and these guys didn't know sci-fi from Shinola and they did make a lot of really goofy choices oh my goodness but some of the original ideas did shine through they got some great actors and i think the show could have found its voice but it got canceled because it stumbled so bad um, How many but, episodes are we talking about? I believe there are thirteen. Okay. Uh, and there's a pilot movie, and you can, when you watch the pilot movie, you can see that there was a lot of retooling done on the original pilot. There's new scenes added. People disappear in the new scenes, you know. Um, and then they added a third character, which Migo actually made a figure of, uh, called Rem. Uh, played by uh, a veteran actor by the name of Donald Moffat, and Rem right. was Rem was like the, uh, a precursor to Data, and he was actually an excellent character, and it was a neat addition to the show. But the show itself was trying to find its you know there was no con- no real continuity to it, and it was trying to be like the Fugitive, where each week they found a new civilization and solved a problem, and then moved on in their hover car, you know, in the, in the post nuclear California desert. Of 1978. Was the was the the whole storyline about? Isn't the, you know, you have to forgive me because I haven't no, I haven't no seen I haven't seen Logan's Run in a very long time. If I'm I'm actually not sure I've seen Logan's Run. I'm just okay. gonna, I'm just going to put that out there. It's pos- I, I it's it's weird. You know you know how it is. It's like I've been hanging around the Mega Museum for so long. Like I feel like I picked up Logan's Run like surreptitiously or whatever. Got but like I don't remember seeing it. I remember hearing about it when I was a kid. Anyway, yeah. But in in the TV series is the whole the whole storyline about the young you, young people don't they sort of die at a certain everybody what everybody they are dies they're in a, when they sealed, reach a certain age. Yeah, they're in a sealed post nuclear society, post nuclear war society. Um, the 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 trick is in the in the movie everybody goes to this carousel this game uh, at thirty. And it, they're supposed to be reborn, but what really happens is they just die. And if you don't go to Carousel, then something called a Sandman comes and finds you and executes you. And that's what Logan is. And everybody, you know, Sandmen's are, are the cops basically of this society. And I, I won't get into the long details, but Logan decides to run, 
which is what they call the people who don't go to carousel runners. Uh-huh. And he discovers that, A, this is a post-nuclear world, there's an outside, and there's life after 30. But And then, of course, he brings the society down in the movie. But the TV series, like a lot of TV series based on movies used to do, it stops in the middle and goes a different way. So there's no ending. And um, so, you know, he ends up getting a cool hover car and driving around this post-nuclear um, landscape looking at different cities. And, you know, it's it's got all the fun trappings of 70s sci-fi. I like to call it bell-bottom sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You know, that a lot of, you know, a lot of good actors are in it that are, you know, those kind of like people who show up in every kind of Mannix and Quincy, that sort of thing. Yeah, right. Um, there's a lot of that kind of like, you know, they walk to an overpass and go, behold our city. And of course they show a painting of a futuristic building, you know? And and so I, I kind of dig it. It's a very retro sci-fi show. So you're not going to get mentally stimulated watching this show, but if you are a seventies kid and you have nostalgia for this kind of thing, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, something I would uh, personally endorse. Sounds very cool. Sounds very cool. I'll have to check that out. It's interesting that, that like, because as, like, as you were describing the the general, like, concept behind it, it's like, well, that sounds pretty interesting. It actually sounds a little bit like The Hunger Games in a way. Or, it's been it's been aped a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of movies. Like, they keep talking about remaking it, but every year there's a movie. There was one recently with, um, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Justin Timberlake. That kind of takes a little Logan's runny type. Like mm-hmm. every year, it gets less and less original. It's it's starting to become kind of like a John Carter right. sort of thing. Where by the time they actually release a remake of Logan's Run, everyone will be like, "That's ripping off everything else." That's so derivative of Gaga. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is equilibrium, you know. Um, <laughs> so yes, it it's been very it's, cool. It's the grandpappy and to tie that in we have an extensive gallery at the mega museum of the lost mego prototypes for logan's run yeah which i'm happy to say are in my house you know uh it's been a it's been a long 20 years you spent a long time tracking those down and oh. you so, so they are still in your collection they are i'm staring at them nice cold dead hands sir cold dead hands <laughs> so. well, which one do you have do you have all three of them i have Logan, I have three of the four. Okay. I have uh, Logan, Francis, and Rem. I do not own Jessica. Okay. I know where she is, but I am unable to get the honor to part with her. But she will be yours one day. Possibly. Um, but I'm in a Zen-like formation about that. Okay. Uh, I will not let that drive me to madness. Um, I've been told not right now, and that's good. There is also rumor, and I have not seen them, of the three movie principals. So that would be Michael York and uh, Jenny Ogeter and Richard, uh, I can't remember his name. He played Francis from the, um, the, the that it, it's a basically a triangle story. You know, a guy yeah. meets girl, his best friend gets mad and hunts him down, tries to kill him. Um, I can't remember those, but the movie principals are apparently are also available some form of prototype, but I have never seen them. By Nico. So. By Mego because they licensed the movie and then MGM was planning on making sequels. Mm. Then to to make money, MGM I guess has been in this series of being cash strapped. 
they sold the, it as a series to CBS instead. So Amigo switched gears, stopped making movie characters, and started making um, mm-hmm. TV characters. Right. TV series gets canceled, end of toy line. There you go. Yeah. So. Interesting. Anyway, that's that's my Logan's Run thumbs up. I doubt I talk about another DVD set this year on this podcast. Well, it's not. It's, there's not too many, you know, Mego related DVDs that come out. No, unless sure. the unless the Big Bang Theory this season comes out. <laughs> so. All right. So All right. Let, let's uh, let's we need to take a, a little bit of a break and get Steve on a more. Yep, and I need to line. Tuck my get, children in. You gotta go tuck your children in. Okay. Yeah. Is that what the uh is that what the loud noises are? No, those are actually Scott's children. Are we hearing that are we hearing that on my oh God. A this, little bit. This... Just add some nice Miles Davis music in the background. Switching gears, uh, let's talk a little of the Customizer of the Month. That's our monthly spotlight to focus on the work of uh, an individual customizer on the museum. And, uh, Steve, why don't you tell us who you chose for April? Well, uh, for April, I chose kind of newcomer, kind of not, uh, one Vincent Carnabucci. Um, He's been a lurker on the Mego Museum for a while, uh, but just joined in the past few months, uh, started posting his customs. Uh, He built up a pretty good-sized... catalog of work over the years, uh, very Mego-like style, uh, stuff going back uh, to his original Black Manta and Apache Chief he put together years ago on up to stuff he's uh, doing right now currently. Uh, so we did the interview with him, put him on the spotlight, and uh, posted it today. That's, uh, that's funny you mentioned Black Manta. That was actually, I think, one of my my first or second customs as a, as a customizer. He's just, a, he's just, a, I guess a void that a lot of people have from being, you know, a, a super friends raised kid, I guess. Yeah. And the, one of the things I like about the, the one that uh, Vinny did, uh, is his is more of an animated style, a little more, a little more colorful than the, uh, the more recent version, all black and, uh, kind of a little departure from the, uh, retro action style so to speak yeah that's right he's got the nice gray helmet that's cool yeah, yeah and if you if you kind of page through and look at his gallery it's definitely got a uh, more of a Mego like flavor uh, as opposed to some of the guys who've kind of gone with the evolution of Mego so to speak um, definitely some good stuff there uh, you can see some influences from and some materials from uh, people like Brian Leitner our beloved uh, Dave McCormick, may he rest in pieces. Um, you know, some good stuff there. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm really digging his display and his choice of a light blue accent wall. That was a really nice looking uh, toy room, so to speak. Yep, very clean. Uh, I'm definitely envious. Mine uh, doesn't look quite that good. I do uh, share his taste in Batman, as I have that uh, gigantic uh, Batman statue that he has. I oh, don't yeah. have the treadmill uh, that he has, uh, but that's cool too. Mine's in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I really dig that uh, his Hawkman. Um, it's got it almost. It, I don't know if that's sculpted or a plastic helmet or what, but it looks really cool. Very. Um, I'm, lo- I'm looking at it now, and I believe that is actually a Troy Younger Hawkman head, if memory serves, and that is a resin piece. 
but it's got a very, very uh, 70s vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When yeah. it comes to Mego customizing, that's actually my favorite is the folks who try to make it look like it was made in 1976. It's, I know it's just a preference. A lot of people prefer the Hot Toys type thing. But I, I love the aesthetic of a of a, a child's uh, like, or not a child but a child's toy, basically. More charm. Yeah. I I lean more towards uh, Thor and Mister Fantastic style than I do towards uh, Batman, Captain America, you know, oven mitts and oh uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Face. But uh, that that's about as far and as serious as I want to get with my stuff. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a good point. Mego did kind of. I think that's why a lot of people can't find the, per, the, you know, they can't agree on what should be the perfect Mego style. It's because Mego's style changed and morphed during during its 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 tenure. You know, definitely, it, it went from being kind of kitty like to being a much more mature look. When you, like you said, Mister Fantastic, he's a he's a different animal to uh, Aquaman. Yeah, and even Mister Fantastic kind of has those goofy plastic gloves, but he, he's still got a little more. A little more serious tint to him than uh, the oven mitts. Yeah, I, and and uh, Scott pointed out to me before the, we we started taping, he loves the use of Mister Fantastic in Vinny's. Uh, I think it's Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't use Mister Fantastic enough in our customs, people. I think well, that's actually re- one of the best looking Hal Jordans I've seen. Yeah, we were um, just mentioning that. Yeah. 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 I, and I agree totally. I really like, uh, as far as a Miko head conversion, that's one of my favorites as well. I just have a hard time using a Mr. Fantastic head for anything because they're getting so hard to find that aren't zombified. That is true. That's true. Now, God, somebody should reproduce that head for goodness sake. You yeah. know, it's it's interesting. I was I was thinking about it today because, as, as you say, like, you know, Vinny – sort of comes from like like he's been around for a while and a lot of these customs sort of date back you know 10 years or so and um he was talking in his interview a little bit about how you know when he got started there there wasn't dr amigo there wasn't ctvt there was none of that stuff and right you know and and so you know you had to go for a certain look there were certain things that were were available to you one of the things that uh, Vinny brings up that is an g- interesting point, at least it blows my mind, is somebody's been on the fringe of the Mego collecting community and not necessarily been posting, but they've been there for sometimes 14 years. And I always find it funny when someone joins and people go, oh, he's a newbie or something like that. And I end up talking to the person and it's like, that person remembers me from 1997. Mm. don't you remember i bought your wolf man off you back then and it's like wow this guy has been kicking around forever and just because he isn't in our little circle you know he it doesn't mean that, that they haven't been collecting for a very long time or you know very established in there in no way a newbie whatsoever you know and and it's it's uh it's it's just something that kind of it's an outside of the box sort of thinking you have to you have to kind of check yourself with is that just because they're new to the museum community does not mean for an instant they're new to Mego collecting. Right, right. Well, God, I remember that on one of my one of the times that I attended Mego meet, there was a, a guy who showed up with like tons of these interesting customs that he had made, and he was really really into Mego, but he'd never been on the museum. 
he just heard about Miko Meat and he came to the thing. I remember that. You guy. know? Yeah. And yeah. it was just like, it was like, wow, where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. And, and you uh, know, yeah. The, hey, you know, the world doesn't revolve around the Mego Museum. We're comfortable with that. Oh yeah, we can't. We can't be everywhere. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm it. just hoping that some more of these people make themselves known because I, I need some new blood in customs. We need we need some more people to pump some more stuff out, so I have more people to interview. Yeah, you know, you could scrape the bottom of the barrel and do me. I do a custom once every eighteen <laughs> months. Oh, yeah, it is. Well, I do have some minimum standards uh, oh, right. that they've left for me, and uh, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, and I won't do anything without nudity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was looking at the, I was looking through customs today, and and thinking about you know Vinny's stuff, which, like we said, is very uh, has a very sort of pure amigo style to it in a way. Fun vibe, yeah. Yeah, and a fun vibe, very colorful, colorful and fun in that way, and. Um, and there's there's just a lot of variety going on. I was looking at um, the fella. Uh, you'll forgive me. I always forget people's actual names. Um, but uh, I was looking at random access stuff today. Scott. And he, it's got. Is his name Scott? His name is Scott. Scott Pierce. Scott Pierce. And um, you know, and he does very sort of. Um, uh, nuanced paint jobs on on his faces, where he like will you know paint shading and, and detail to a level that you don't get um, you know in your standard Mego looking thing. Um, but you know, really really beautiful work and a really you know interesting take on things. Um, he does some beautiful stuff. And then yeah, there's and, there's. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say yeah, there's there's still a, a wide range of stuff anywhere from the kind of the Vinny end of the spectrum, uh, which is where I typically hang all the way up to, you know, you've got the Type 3 toys uh, end of the spectrum, the spectrum, the Captain Mego guys who just have this, you know, this hyper detail, uh, make, you know, make their own bodies. articulated. They make their own bodies. They, they, they make everything. They just start out with thread and plastic and, uh, you know, knives and chisels and they end up with something that's just pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you can even kind of jump to a different dimension and you've got uh, T-Bolt uh, coming through with his, I don't know, steampunk, whatever you'd want to classify that as. There's just, it just seems like there's plenty for everybody. It's a little bit of folk art in there. I love that about that kind of stuff. You know, just letting yeah, your imagination run wild, you know? Yeah, and, you know, speaking of folk art, uh, there's Yokai John and uh, then... Um, Oh, I'm, gosh, see, I'm, I'm horrible with the names, too. Um, Tim uh, was his uh, original character. I, I can't remember the name. Julius uh, Destructus. My, Julius Destructus, yes. Very cool-looking character. And, and a graphic a novel. You should seek that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, Tim and I, uh, Tim has agreed to collaborate with me on one of my Mantooth Project figures that are horribly delayed due to its procrastinating uh, developer, me. Um, Indeed. So look for that. I've I've, uh, I've I've roped him in for a card art. I can't wait to get started on. Oh, cool! Yeah, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. that's a great and, idea. You know, Steve's been picking up the reins with custom man tooth stuff. I've just been so swamped uh, that my plans are here and they're all in pieces. And I do have some very funny, ironic stuff. Um, Nowhere near in the realm of the the manmates fashion that Steve's doing. These are going to be completely on another planet. But you know, because I can't 
Steve, Steve's got the, the magic formula with the man-mates, man. That's, that's dedication to the craft, sir. That's been, it's, that's been a great project. Now, you've done three costumes. Are, you gonna, are we going to be seeing more of the, more of the man-mates? Oh, yes. I've, I've got uh, probably anywhere between four and eight lined up, depending on which way the wind blows. Uh, you know, I've, my card artist, uh, that Scott Adams guy, he's been <laughs> great with uh, kind of making uh, the figure uh, come to life on the card. So as, as long as he's uh, in it for the long haul, I've got plenty of stupid ideas. <laughs> <laughs> It's been pretty cool. I really, I really enjoyed Mustard Mayhem. I think that card art is out of control. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, and uh, and, and you've been b- busy putting uh, Teresa the seamstress to work. Definitely, um, she's uh, could, couldn't have done it without her. And uh, that it's funny that you mentioned uh, Mustard Mayhem because uh, his lady friend in there has really kind of inspired me, and I. I need to make at least one of her, and I'm working on that now, and we'll, we'll see how that actually turns out in 3D. But uh, that she may be the first Bricks chick. You know what? If you goes. make that, I would like one because I would like to turn her into Rosalind Cash <laughs> from the Omega Man. Of course. Yes. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've had a Charlton Heston Omega Man custom in the works with a painted head for four years. I I really need to get on that. That's that's my custom procrastination. I am. A, All right. I work in very slow spurts. Well, fine. You you, you put that together and you you can be customizer of the month in twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone will just yell fix. <laughs> Well, that wraps up another Mega Museum podcast for us. Uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Brian. And I'm Scott. And I'm Steve. And we're saying collect, collect them, them all. all. Oh. <laughs> Steve. Why you? <laughs> Mega Museum podcast. Brian and Scott sold separately. Let's go. Greetings, Mandolf. Uh, can we start again? Yes. I fucked up. It's good. That's a good omen. Uh, I love it. <clears throat> okay, ready? One, two, go. Greetings, Mego fans. This is the Mego Museum podcast. I'm Brian, and I'm Tiny Spock. No, I'm, this, I'm this is Scott. Yeah, and joining us as well as Steve, who uh, didn't hear that. Um, well, let's and, try that again. Yes, let's. Okay, one, two, three, go. Greetings, Mego fans. Welcome to the Mego Museum podcast. I am Brian, and I'm Tiny Spock, and I'm Steve. And as you may have got the reference, we are going to discuss the Biff Bang Pow theory and the appearance <laughs> of Ego Spock. The Biff Bang Pow theory. Oh my god, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs>